Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastside.co. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 10. You know, as we follow, as we follow the Lord, you can make it hard or you can make it easy in your life. And I heard an old Scottish preacher one time. He's a friend of mine. His name is Robert Chalk. He lives in Glasgow. And he said, there's a principle in Scripture that says, if you'll, if you'll do this, then I'll do this. God says to you and me, if you'll do this, then I'll do this. And if you'll, if you'll grab a hold of that Scripture, and if you'll begin to recognize that there is accountability with God, that, that you need to look and you need to listen, and then you need to respond to what God says, then he will bless you beyond measure. Um, last night in, at the uh, West Stanley Christian Ministries service, um, Robert said something in closing. He didn't even realize he was jumping on my message. just made me grin. <laughs> And for the life of me, I can't remember what it was. That makes Robert grin. It was good. It was good, whatever, whatever it was. It was really good. Now, see, you guys have it easy. You don't have to stand up here with a microphone and do this kind of thing. You know what I mean? Right in front of everybody else, you have a 55 moment. It's going, I'm going to stand here until it comes back. <laughs> this might be a long service. <laughs> no, maybe not stand here. Maybe I'll read the scripture. I think I will. John chapter 10. Ah, oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Give me applause. Come on. That'll make me feel better. <laughs> That's great. So oftentimes, when we think about obedience to God, we think about, I got to do this or I'm going to get punished. If I don't respond this way, then God's going to punish me. And that is so far from the message of the gospel of Jesus. That is absolutely inverted to the message of the gospel of Jesus. And that's what I kind of want to get to when we start talking about if, if, if God does this, if you'll do this, then God will do this. What we, we think about is, well, you know, God's going to make me adhere to some kind of policy, which he is. But it's not punishment, and it's not a way for God to punish you. The, the whole system is set up for blessing and not punishment. The system is set up so that he can pour out heaven on you, not punish you. 
And he's saying to you and me, if you'll do this, I'll pour out. If you'll do this, I'll pour out. If you'll do this, I'll pour out. It's not if you don't do this, I'm going to slam you to the ground, put you over my knee and wear you out. Now, he does do that. But that's not his, that's not his pleasure. He disciplines those that he loves, but his, his ideal is that you be blessed. That's his that's his motivation. His motivation and the fuel that fuels our Lord is love. He loves you. He wants you to prosper. He wants abundance for your life. And, he, and, and what fuels that is love. And so as we read John 10, I want you to begin to see uh, Jesus as he positions himself in that day with the church who he is, and what it really means to be a believer. Verse 1. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, that person is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the door... The doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Let me read that one more time, verse 3. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. Say that, and the sheep Follow him, for they know his voice. Say that, for they know his voice. Yet they will not by any means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And Jesus used this illustration, and as usual, nobody understood a thing he was saying, which is kind of interesting in Scripture. So let me just explain this one a little bit, and then we're going to go on. What Jesus is comparing himself to, there's two things. The first one is he says in just a moment that he is the gate. In, in John chapter 14, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to me, comes to the Father, except through me. He is the gate. So he proclaims to be the gate, but he also proclaims to be the shepherd. And what you have to understand about this whole passage of Scripture and what Jesus is explaining is that in that day, what shepherds would do is they may come into the city or come into an area, and what they would do is they would put all their sheep into a pen, a collective pen, and there would be a gatekeeper to that pen, and, and they would come in, and, 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 the, and the sheep would be commingled with another shepherd's sheep. But when that shepherd came to the gate and called out in that gate, all his sheep knew his voice. And they would all come running to him, and then when he would begin to walk away, they would follow him because they knew his voice. And there's a couple of things that you need to really recognize about what it really means to be a believer. And First John really goes over this in great detail if you want to read that when you get home. But God, Jesus says that, that my people, that if you are a believer, you hear his voice. I can remember preaching in a traditional church when I was first uh, ordained uh, to preach. And, 
and I, and I uh, was speaking in a funeral, and um, they really had somewhat of a theology that God didn't speak today. That scares me to death. And so since I had the opportunity, I took it, <laughs> and I quoted that scripture. And I said, God says about you and me, Jesus says about you and me, that we should be able to identify his voice. And, and when we do, we follow him. So there's two characteristics of a believer. First of all, they know the voice of God. Secondly, they follow the voice of God. They do what he says. And First John says, this is how you know that you love me, that you obey me, that you do what I say do. And so there's two characteristics that Jesus is pointing to. Now, he also talks about the thief, and he's about to talk about it a little more. So while I'm doing this, I'll explain that just a moment. He's, he's describing the thief, and he's describing them in a setting where there is church leaders who, are, who have wrong motivation. And he's saying, and he's comparing them about going over the wall into the sheep pen, trying to get his sheep another way, and they're doing it because they want money and power. That's the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It was the church of the day. But they were motivated by money and power. You want me to preach that one more time? In our culture today, in the church world, that the motivation was money and power. I know that throughout history that we've always struggled with men of God in the pulpit that were all about money and power. And that has made people stiff-arm the church and get to a place where they didn't want to come to church. And Jesus is addressing this. This is not a new issue. This has been an issue for a very long time. And Jesus is comparing himself, and he's saying, this is how you know the difference. I care for my sheep. I'm motivated for my sheep. I'm going to lay down my life for my sheep. What did he say to Peter? He said, Peter, take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. Care for them. Nurture them. How do you know whether a preacher or an organization is motivated by one or the other? We don't know the heart of men, but I think a good indicator is this. Is your, can you talk to your pastor? Does he really care about where you're at? Or is he just in it for the fame and the fortune? Is he untouchable? Is he gotten so big that he only talks to other pastors who are as big as him? That's a scary situation for me in our culture. And I think Jesus is, is dealing with this. I know I'm stepping on toes, but I think it needs to be said today. He says, this is how you know. I'm going to lay down my life for my sheep. I know, I know in, in this culture today, there are people who use ministry just like they would use the corporate ladder. They try to cor climb the corporate ladder. They go to the bigger, the bigger, the bigger, the bigger. How many will lay down their job and go somewhere that they have no benefit? How many are motivated by just being an agent of God and will follow the Lord to a place of lack? 
so that they can serve and hear the voice of God and respond in that because they care for the sheep. Jesus is really dealing with the heart of the religious people of the day. Bulo, elders, if I ever get too big for my britches, help me. Danny Dry, help me. Because what Jesus says about these leaders is they're a thief. They come, and they come to kill, and they come to steal, and they come to destroy. Let me just read. And then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep do not hear them. I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to kill, steal, and destroy. And I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. But the hireling, the guy that's just hired to be a minister, he is not the shepherd. One who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he's a hireling and does not care about the sheep. But I'm the good shepherd and I know my sheep and they know me. And I'm known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And the other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be a, one flock and one shepherd. Now there's a cult that claims that this is them, but it's not. Let me explain that particular verse. There's other sheep. Who he's talking to are, is the church, the Jews. And he's saying that we're this other group, the Gentiles, the ones that are going to be grafted in. Therefore, my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I voluntarily do it. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it up again because this is the will of my Father. This is what he's asked me. This is what he's sent me to do. And so Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. Be careful how you're being led. Be careful. Be careful what you listen to. And it is incredibly abundant out there. And there's some good, but there's some interesting stuff. How, how do you know? How do you know? I think you know by how much a shepherd cares for his flock. I think you know by how much, uh, you know, what what their what his people say about him or her you know whether they're touchable or not whether they're really laying down their life for their sheep
when they're willing to give it up for the sheep. That's pretty big, isn't it? I've been reading books by A.W. Tozier. And from, and from 1900 to 1961, which is a wild time for me because you'd think the church was flourishing, this was his same message. And so I felt compelled to continue because I think it's worse in, uh, it's not 19, in 2016 than it was in 1961. So Jesus says, that his people, the people who are really saved, they hear my voice, they follow me, they know me. Very simple message, isn't it? Now here's the deal. Jesus says, all through Scripture, if you, if you will come to me, I'll give you rest. If you'll knock on the door, I'll be found by you. If you ask, <laughs> it'll be given. Do you, see, do you see this principle? You see the principle, you do this, and I'll do this. What do you have to do? You have to knock. And when you knock, what happens? The door's open. When you seek, what do you have to do? You have to seek. What will you do? You'll find. If you pray and ask, what do you have to do? You pray, you ask, and it will be given to you. It will be answered. You can find it all the way in Scripture. Let's just think about a few real quick. Abel offered a great sacrifice, the sacrifice that was God asked for, and he got blessed. Noah was asked to build a boat in the middle of the desert for 100 years before it rained. So what did Noah have to do? He built the boat. What happened? The earth was repopulated by the family of Noah. Moses was hidden in the weeds because God gave the instruction to the mama and the Pharaoh's daughter finds Moses and then he begins to obey God from the desert, begins to move and God delivers the people of Israel through, through Moses. Joseph has a dream and begins to live this dream out and it doesn't look good for a long time. But then then God uses Joseph to save Israel and then to carry out his deliverance and take him into the promised land. And what's wild about, what, what's wild about Joseph is he said, now listen, when I die, put my bones in a box and carry them with you when you go across. He knew he was responding to what God said do. Gideon pared down his army because the Lord said, now this is what I want you to do. I want you to do something really stupid. 
I want you to go from 30,000 soldiers to 300, and then I'm going to defeat this great army before you. You're going to see my glory if you'll do this. Think about this. I was reminded of this this week. The walls of Jericho. A million people walked around Jericho seven times. But it was imperative that they were quiet. They had to do it in silence. For seven days, a million people had to rock one in the city in silence. And they did it seven times. And on the seventh day, they shouted and the walls came down. But they had to shout as well. They did exactly what God told them. You do this, and I'm going to do this. My sheep, they know my voice. They listen. They look to me, and they obey. And when they do, heaven pours out. The flood comes. That's what we're talking about. That's what Brandon was talking about. That's what we just prayed for. There's no circumstance that you're ever going to face that your God isn't big enough to handle it. If you will look, if you will listen, and then if you'll do what he says. That's why it's so important to know his word. You've got to know the word of God. You've got to know this. You've got to put this in your schedule for your own safety. For your own good, because this is what happens. When you read this, the Spirit of God will remind you of what's written in there. If you don't know what's written in there, the Spirit of God has nothing to remind you of. And his job, his whole job, is to reveal the truth about Jesus. And Jesus is the Word. And so he gives you instruction most oft times from the Word. The Spirit of God does and reveals the truth of what that Word really is trying to get you to accomplish. Because if you're God's son, truly, if you're God's daughter, you hear his voice. And then you do what he says. Then you follow him. You move with him. You do things his way. So this is easy for me to understand, and so uh, I'm going to do it as a light beam shining down on the ground, and this is kind of how I visualize it. Ezekiel describes it as a river, and whatever the river touches, it flourishes. It has abundance. But there's this, there's this light beam. Y'all can see this. It's on Star Trek. You know how they move them from one place to another? That's what I get in my head. I mean, I know I'm old, okay? Everybody know what Star Trek is, right? I mean, I'm not, I'm not dating myself to you young people know what Star Trek is. All right, good. good. I feel, feel good about that. Anyhow, so there's this light, light beam. There's, in, in my mind, here, here's what I try to do. In my mind, there's this, there's this light beam or river of blessing. And I can't sit over here and can't pray God into what I want him to do. And that's what, we try to, that's what we try to do. What I want is um, I want revelation from God. See, when I pray, I don't pray, God, this is what I want you to do. I want you to do this and this and this and this and this. 
This is what you do. I don't want to do that. Because I know, and I've got a history, and you do too, of messing stuff up. So I want to find out what God says. I want to find out where the river's flowing. See, I know there's a river flowing. It's flowing. It's going. What I got to do is get in the river, right? And when I get in the river, there's blessing and abundance and everything flows, right? Because he's speaking. My job is to listen. And so I'm here and and I, I just, Lord, you see the condition I'm in. You see my son, you see my daughter, you see my wife, you see my finances, you see my work condition, you see my relative, you see my friend who doesn't know you. You see these things, you see this person that's depressed, you see this cancer, you see this, you see that. God, what would you have me do? Some of it's in the Word, we just need to go do it most of the time or pray it into existence or oftentimes, but sometimes we need a path. Sometimes we need to keep our mouth shut and get instruction from God. And then he leads us down day to day until we get to a place where the person actually says, what do you think about this? And you've been thinking, man, I've been praying about this for three months. And you just asked me that question. And you pull out both guns. Boo-doo. You're ready. Because you've prayed and you know that you've got the answer from God because you've been in the river. And you don't have an empty answer that can't do anything. You've got the one that brings life and health and all those things. Right? Why? Because my sheep know my voice and they follow me. It's not about manipulation. It's not about us, it's, it's about him. And as soon as we can get to the place where we get off of us and get on to him, then us starts doing better. David. He did so many things that the Lord told him to do, and he was so desperate to do it the way the Lord wanted it done. But it works the other way, too. And I've got to point that out, just to even be fair. This is the way it works. We just heard last night. (laughs) Yeah, I can say this. i got a few seconds. This is fun. You know, I don't like to rebel against religion, but I like to knock down walls that aren't supposed to be up. Don't y'all? Do anybody like that besides me? I like When it's religious, I can't stand it. I just want Jesus. Get rid of the religion. I, it's, a, it's a relationship. <laughs> I told Robert, can I say this? Okay, good. I told Robert last night we broke every rule in the world. And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, our worship leader had a hat on leading worship in the house of God. That was rule number one. Ran the drummer. <laughs> rule number two, the, the pastor that was giving his testimony uh, was divorced before he was saved. That, that's messed up right there. And then a woman brought the message, God forbid. <laughs> and then we ran out, read out of the New Living Translation instead of the King James Version. We messed that up. And then at the end of the service, we shouted, Oh, Hallelujah. <laughs> Uh, that's good right there, isn't it? 
Liz, Liz is saying he's doing it again. David wanted to please God. He didn't care about what everybody else thought. He just wanted Jesus. But it it works opposite. And last night in, in, with the female who brought the word, which was incredible. Megan brought the word last night, and it was absolutely over the top. But one of the things that she talked about was that God said, I'll have one person make a thousand of your men flee. I'll make five, make 10,000. That's, that's opposite Gideon. Unless, you look how many times God says this. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't get in the light, if you don't get in the river, what's going to happen to you is you're going to be in pain. Bad stuff is going to happen. You're going to be hurt. You're going to be, and I'm going to be, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to be here for you, but it's going to hurt you. Don't do it. Please, please don't do it. That's the voice of God. He says, don't do that. Get in the river. If you'll get in the river, there's blessing. There's kingdom. There's healing. There's all that kind of stuff. If you'll just get in the river. Just get in the river. Look how many times God says that to the people. He said it to Saul. He said, Saul, I want you to go to this city. I want you to go destroy everything. And he, there was a reason for that. I know that's hard to understand, but it was everything. Because they were worshiping pagan gods and they weren't going to repent. You need to understand that he sent Jonah to Nineveh with people that were sacrificing babies. And they all repented. But this particular group of people was not going to repent and God knew it and he said, wipe them out. And Saul didn't wipe them out. He brought back sacrifices and offerings. Some of their best meat, some of their best stuff. And he said, I got a good idea. I'll offer this to God. And he makes this sacrifice and he offers this stuff to God. But the problem was God told him to kill it, not to sacrifice it. And he thought it was a good idea to, to sacrifice it. And Samuel says to him, to Saul, and this is where it's written, obedience is better than sacrifice. God's not interested in your ideas. He's interested in your obedience because he knows it that what you do, how you do it, isn't going to bring blessing. But if you'll do it his way, he already knows how the blessing is going to be poured out. Listen, quit fighting God. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless us. There's a river of blessing that flows from the king, from the throne of God, that wants to pour into your life if you'll just... Listen to his voice if you'll just follow him. Amen? Let's stand for closing prayer. Once again, thank you for listening to the Eastside Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, please visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.